This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Tallman prides itself in having more lineman tools in stock than anyone else. And now, when you're shopping online at tallmanequipment.com, look for the truck logo that says, in stock and ready for shipping, on hundreds of items on their website. That logo means that item is in stock and ready to ship the same day in most cases. When it comes to getting the tools and equipment linemen need, trust Tallman. Line 11 Clothing Company, making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line 11 Clothing Company on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Hello and welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This podcast is created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Today's guest is Waylon Hasty. He is a journeyman lineman and the owner and founder of Elite Lineman Training Institute located in Tonal Hill, Georgia. Their mission is to bring hope to all people by helping them build their careers in the line industry through biblical principles. He has been happily married to Sue Allen since 2011, and together they have four beautiful children. Welcome to our show, Waylon. Thanks, man. I'm excited. Absolutely, man. Dude, I, I uh, just thank you for coming on here. And, you know, I reached out to you because I saw what you guys are doing, and I know that's a big part of our industry right now is these line colleges. I know me coming up, we didn't have that line college. We didn't need that. It was just kind of taking guys out from the farm and guys who knew how to work with their hands, you know, and <laughs> that's the way we went about it. So thank you for coming on, brother. It's my pleasure, man. It's truly an honor. I'm I'm sure the uh, the subscribers or the guests you have will know where Tunnel Hill, Georgia is when we finish just due to the accent, but it's truly my pleasure. I'm grateful. Well, without further ado, brother. Let's go ahead and uh, have you just tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Sure, I've I've, I've got a long story, and and I'll share as many details as as, as I hope and pray is beneficial to the to the listeners. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's story coming up. I would say what I would call average American home. Uh, mm-hmm. I had two older brothers. Of course, they they picked on me, beat me up a lot, in a good way. We're we're, we're tight. We're still tight. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, just normal average Joe families, dirt bikes small farm uh my, my folks had uh, uh dirt moving equipment so we were around dozers and excavators and all that kind of stuff growing up as as kids we hauled hay in the summer and there's tons of memories i can recollect and when i got to about for 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 me personally around the age of eight or nine i i, I became a christian I, I came to know christ mm-hmm. and at that time it was a really big deal. When I got about 12 to 15 years old, it kind of went by the wayside. And it was, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a tough season of life, just like every 12, 13, 14-year-old. You're trying to figure out who you are. You're, it's, it's, it's tough. And so we began to like, my brother and I, one of my brothers, my middle brother, mm-hmm. we started team roping and, and we got into the rodeo and the horses and all that kind of stuff. And then by the time we were junior and senior in high school, um, 
team roping, I kind of became bored. I'm not going to say we were good at it by any stretch of the imagination, but it was, it was really fun. We really enjoyed it. And, uh, on the backside of that, we, just because of the boredom, we started steer wrestling, right? Two horses mm-hmm. chasing a cow and you jump off the horse, grab the cow and never, never did that at any kind of professional level. It was always a hobby. I, I wouldn't even say when I finished up after doing it for 12 or 15 years that I was quote unquote good. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I still miss it to this day. Mm-hmm. Started doing that at about, I don't know, age 16 or 17 and got a rodeo scholarship, went to university of West Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. college was not for me. I was just, it was horrible. Uh, my mom, my mom was the biggest convincer of me going to college. And she said, you, you, your, your GPA is too high. You're too smart. You have too much to bring to the table to not go to college. And just like I would say most, maybe not, I don't know. Maybe I was in a, a, a smaller percentage of people, but when I got to college, it just wasn't for me. I just wanted to go to another rodeo and, Mm-hmm. had zero discipline to be able to apply myself to go to classes and get up early and, you know, do the things adults do. And, uh-huh. and it was just way too much freedom for me. And, uh, I'm just being, being real candid in that. And, and, uh, when I came back home, I was like, uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about it just this week and college, when I was in college for the year, man, I, I could not wait to get a home cooked meal. It was broke. It was about four hours from my hometown. And, I was so broke. I had zero money and and my parents would send me money and somewhat ashamed of it, but I would just party with it. That's all I would do with the money because I was a freshman in college and I had no discipline to do the right thing mm-hmm. and uh, come back home. And when I came back home, I had a friend of mine. He said, you need to go to work at Georgia Power Company. And it's a company here in the Southeast. It's an investor owned utility. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, tell me where to apply. Mm-hmm. And uh, I applied had had oblivious total uh oblivious i remember going to the interview two of the guys that was in the interview may not even remember the interview like i do but i remember it and Mm -hmm. and i remember sharing with them like do you guys have bulldozers like that's what i've been around my whole life and it's and they were like yeah but that's not what you're coming here to do and i was like well i've got some mechanical skills that i can bring to the table from like a hand-eye coordination i certainly wasn't a bulldozer operator but i had I'd been around all that stuff my entire life. Yeah. And those guys, uh, one thing led to another, obviously. And I, I I got hired there at Georgia power and I was an apprentice. They they had an accelerated program Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think it was like three years, 10 months, something like that. Uh, great training facility, great training program. Mm -hmm. Um, became a lineman all meanwhile. Uh, I was still rodeoing a lot. Mm -hmm. I spent, uh, every friday night we would leave to go somewhere obviously 98 percent of that was somewhere in the southeast be it georgia florida south carolina alabama Mm -hmm. mississippi obviously sometimes in tennessee but there was a couple percentage times that we would we would take off on the road and and we would be in arkansas every now and then oklahoma texas none of that was a lot but it was every now and then and you know, being on the road, met a lot of good friends and all that stuff. And kind of through the progression of my career after I, after I made Lyman, the way the, the, the IOU here in the Southeast works is, is there, uh, it's union and mm-hmm. it's seniority based and it's what they call here statewide seniority. So once I made Lyman, I was through the apprentice program, obviously you're, you're moving up through a, uh, 
a seniority ranking of somewhere between one to three years in that apprentice program. Sometimes when the program is not running as fast, if you will, it gets up to about four years. Mm-hmm. So when you get close to making linemen, you, you got the seniority of the apprentices and the energized stuff. And then I made linemen. Then when you made linemen, because of their statewide seniority here in Georgia, the way that IOU is, uh, it, my seniority would not allow me to work close to home. Mm. So I remember very clearly, like my very first day as a lineman, like I had to go to Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, and mm-hmm. downtown Atlanta is like that's not for me, man. I'm I'm country. I'm <laughs> like I said with the accent stuff. It's like God, I remember going to downtown Atlanta. I was just looking up at the buildings, and I met so many good people down there, so many good people. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of years there in in, in Atlanta. Uh, just different service locations or headquarters. Um, the opportunity came for me to interview. I, it was in about 2011, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, interviewed for for what they know at that company as a crew leader. It's basically a working foreman. You're still a union member and you're responsible for a crew. And mm-hmm. and that was back up in what I call rural Georgia. It was it was back up this way. And uh, it was in Trenton, Georgia. I was in Trenton for, I don't know, I'm going to guess about two years. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on all these dates. I'm just kind of living back through that. And when I was in Trenton, I uh, worked with a really good friend of mine. He He's he's here at the school with me now. His name is Shane Hyatt. And he and I were riding down the road one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shane's a believer. I mean, he's he's a rock, man. He's a solid rock. He's, he's, like, he's like one of my best friends ever. Mm-hmm. And I said, Shane. I really think we could reach a lot of people, man. I really think we could reach a lot of people. If we could start a school, I think we could help some guys. And he said, man, that's the craziest idea I've ever heard. He said, there ain't no way. And I said, I, I, I get it. And uh, not too long after that, and, and for for I'm, I'm not sure what kind of – I don't know how this comes across in a podcast, mm-hmm. but I know it for the honest truth if I've ever told it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's family goes uh, uh, been a been a been a member of a, a a local church here for a really long time, really mm-hmm. long time, and I kind of got plugged in with them after my wife and I met each other, and and man, it was great, great church, great church service, and got plugged in. Have really enjoyed getting back in that, and that's around like I don't know, twenty five, twenty six years old, and mm-hmm. I just had a renewed spirit. And through that, I'll never forget, never, ever, ever, until the day I die, mm-hmm. that I was sitting in church one day, and I don't know the date. I could probably look back through some notes and find the date, but I don't know that it's relevant. But this is what I remember about that. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in church, and it was more clear to me than an audible voice, and God said, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. And when he did, I was like, ugh. I was just kind of like, man, I'm not sure. if Is that? Maybe, maybe I misunderstood. No way. Yeah, surely I I didn't hear you right. <laughs> yeah, it was like, and you know, it's like the old Adrian Rogers, the preacher in Memphis. He's like, I've never heard God in an audible voice. It's always been much more clear than that, and it, and it was that. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe that. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know if you can put words around it. Mm-hmm. But in that, I was like, and it was it was so clear and real to me mm-hmm. that when we left church, uh, obviously my wife and I at the time didn't have any kids uh we may have had one kid then and uh this is around the 13 or 14 so we probably had we probably had one and i, I got emotional when i got home and I, and I told her i said look 
with with big alligator tears in my eyes you know this 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 hero guy that's supposed to be the the head of household and i was just broke down and she yeah. said are you okay and i said no i'm not okay and i said i got something i need to share with you and it's going to seem a little bit weird and i don't really know what to do about it but i think we need to pray about it and mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it's our job to pursue it and it's so real to me that i think we should pursue it with a whole lot of prayer and we will be looking for a door to slam in our face i said but if it means we have to sell the house in which we live in, mm -hmm. I've got to pursue this because God said do it. And I kind of gave her the spill. You know, he's not necessarily, I, I don't know that it was so clear to me that he said start a school. Yeah. What I do know is he said, I want you to take what you've been given, the experiences you've had in life, and go help people. And, and you go help them on my behalf. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks went by and, I didn't really share those thoughts with anybody because it was just heavy. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm quitting this power company because every two weeks you get a paycheck. I mean, it, it, yeah. it doesn't matter the rain, you know, my family coming up, if it rained for a week, nobody got to work. Cause we were, it was dirt moving, right? It was mud. You couldn't go move dirt. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I didn't really tell anybody. And I was back at the same church and a guy's a good friend of mine who's helped us develop, uh, character building curriculum here at the school now and he, and he visits here once a week but mm -hmm. it was the weirdest thing like he stopped me in the hallway and he said i gotta ask you something have you have you ever considered like working for yourself and not working at the power company or not working for another utility company maybe just doing something on your own and i was like what's the mm -hmm. matter with you and why do you even ask me that where does that come from and he was like well i just I don't know. I've been wanting to ask you that for a while. And I, I just feel like today's a good day to ask it. And I can take you back to where we were standing when that happened, because it was like, okay, I get mm -hmm. it. I get it. I'm going to do this. Just get, give me some time. Let me adjust. And, uh, a lot of things happened through, through the, through the starting of the school. And, and mm -hmm. man, I was just, there's so many stories that I could tell. One of the first pieces of that was while I was in Trenton, I interviewed back for a job toward Metro Atlanta, which is about a 60 or 80 mile difference in commute. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's quite a ways, mm -hmm. but the jobs back around Atlanta were reconducting jobs. They were what, what Georgia power called project crews. And, uh, those project crews would work Monday through Thursday instead of Monday through Friday and their own call, uh, demand, I guess is the right word is not quite as much for a typical brick and mortar when you're on a project crew. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I get in, you know, I, I, the very first job I interview for back down in Atlanta, I get it. And and as if I'm one to like negotiate with God, I know I'm not. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm going to take my Fridays off and I'm going to pursue this thing one piece at a time. And it became a little bit more real and a little bit more real and a little bit more real. And, and I was very nervous, very nervous. I didn't want to share with anybody kind of what was going on in my brain because I thought, man, if, 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 if somebody here at the power company finds out, they may say this is a conflict of interest and they'd let me go. And I've got two or three kids at home already. To, mm -hmm. So one of, one of our uh, children was born in 2013. One was born in 2015, one in 2017, one in 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on which piece of the process I was in, I was two or three kids and I was just so nervous that somebody would find out. And I, I set up a meeting with, with one of the, hire managers or executives at Georgia power and, and actually took a vacation day mm -hmm. and I went and sat down and talked with them. And, and, uh, man, it was, it was, 
I was nervous because I thought my goal was to tell this, this executive, like, this is what I want to do, but I really don't need to lose my job because my family's counting on this power company and until we stand this thing up and with it, with a deep breath. And I mean, I had a lot of nervous energy. I would say it was like very noticeable to him. And mm-hmm. I just told it, I went in, he said that, you, you know, set some time, you've set some time up with me and what do you got to chat about? I'll be glad to chat. You got my ear for 30 minutes go. And, and I just kind of not, not necessarily poured my heart out, but I was just very honest with him. I just said, look, I'm really nervous about being here. And I'll cut right to the chase because I know your calendar's busy and and I don't want to take up any more time than you got. So I told the guy, I said, look, I'm thinking about starting school. I've been approved by the state of Georgia because it's a regulated business. State of Georgia's giving me the green light. And I don't know how long it's going to take us to market it and actually recruit students. And I also don't even know if it's really going to work. I said, mm-hmm. but I want you to hear out of my mouth that I'm not bitter. I'm not disgruntled. I don't have any problems with Georgia Power Company. I'm grateful for the time and opportunity that I've spent here. And uh, I may be here for a really long time or I may be gone within the next three to six months. And his, his words were, um, you have a great reputation at this place. I know who you are. Uh, as long as I'm here, you'll always have a job here. You don't have anything to worry about with me. Uh, don't sweat it. Keep doing your job. Do it well. If things don't work out with the school, you'll always have a place back here. And I was like so grateful for that. That was super answered prayers for me. That was in November of 2018. I'll never forget that. Mm. And, uh, of course, I went back maybe a couple weeks later, told my immediate boss, supervisor, that I didn't know how long, but sometime out in the near future, I would probably consider leaving. I was scared to turn and notice him because I, I knew if, they found out just being safety sensitive, they they may let me go. And we dumped out the marketing in February uh, once we got our feet under us because when all this stuff happened before I went and met with that executive, we were at Hurricane Michael. The state of Georgia called me and they said, hey, you've been approved to, to start that school. We need to set up a site visit. And I was in Panama City on Hurricane Michael. Mm. And uh, we were down there for about four weeks, maybe three weeks. It was a pretty good, it was a pretty long deal because that hurricane came up through Georgia. And when we finished up what we could in Georgia, we went on down to the coast uh, uh, there and, and rebuilt some stuff in, in little bitty Panama City that's just east of Panama City Beach mm-hmm. and uh, worked there for, I don't know, six, eight, ten days. I'd have to look back at my calendar. But after I got home from that's when I got to pursue all this. So it could have happened faster, I assume, had it not been for that hurricane and stuff. And mm-hmm. you think back to to – to kind of what's brought me to here and it's like there's so many things that mm-hmm. I believe with all of my heart that I'm incapable of doing and I'm so grateful that people would see me and see the ability not to because mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe I have the ability to be where we are and we have an amazing team of people that that work with us here at the school we started myself and the secretary and seven students when I left Georgia power in uh, May of 2019, my -hmm. wife was eight months pregnant with our fourth child. And I was nervous uh, as, as one could imagine. Mm -hmm. And with that nervous energy, I don't know that I've ever had any more peace in my entire life. I'm in, Started myself and the secretary and seven students. Next group was like, I don't know, maybe nine students. We did some underground training that was like a business to business. 
mm-hmm. and allowed me to hire another instructor. He was a retired uh, Florida Power and Light lineman. He was there for 17 years. He's still with me here at the school today. Uh, his name is Randy. Randy's a phenomenal guy. He worked mm-hmm. 17, 18 years, Florida Power and Light. Then he had 10 or 11 at Georgia Power Company. Uh, originally from the Bronx up in New York, uh, mm-hmm. got a little bit of an accent. We'd like to give him a hard time because obviously we have an accent as well, but yeah, Randy's a brother to us and, and it's grown since. So now we have, uh, eight full-time employees. We run our program in the quarters. So it's each quarter mm-hmm. and I have more stories that I could share from this school then we have time to share on a podcast. And, and, and I mean, I could give you some highlights of some of those, man, but mm-hmm. we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And we don't, we, we, we know that, you know, maybe even for some of your listeners, right. We, we're, we're, we're just another line college, but we, we don't want to be that. We don't want to be just another line college. Our, our heart and soul mm-hmm. is in the personal character development of these students. And it sounds really weird, especially coming from a, you know, from one lineman to another lineman, it's yeah. like, are you not going to teach these guys to do line work? And one of the b- very first things we do with these guys, very first thing we do with these guys mm-hmm. on orientation day, even the, it, it kind of starts there and it's very repetitive. And, and one of the quotes that they hear over and over and over at our school is if you don't know who you are, you cannot grow where you are. So, you know, when you have conversations with employers and, and things to your point of like this next generation of line work or even this next generation of of, of, of what I call men, I say yes. we got enough males on planet Earth. We need men. Yes. And so so that's kind of we teach from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a I don't know the best metaphor, maybe is a peel back the onion concept. Mm-hmm. for a 20 year old 19 year old average guy because when i was 19 and when you were 19 and these guys come in here at 19 they really don't know who they are all they yeah. know is who everybody else has told them to be mm-hmm. and we teach them that it's okay to be you and mm-hmm. you know one of the stories that comes to mind when i have this conversation with with people about our school and this might sound like such an oxymoron, but it's who we are at, at, at our very core. We had a guy, and man, we we he struggled. He struggled physically. He struggled mentally. He was way back in probably class three, probably two to three years ago. He was early on in our program. We had 10, 12 students, and he was just struggling. He was struggling physically. He and 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 I don't mean this in a uh that what I'm going to say is not like a stereotypical conversation where we judge people, but he openly told us like, I don't have a farm background. I don't have a hands-on background. All of my background, my time in middle school and high school, I never played sports. I played video games and, mm-hmm. you know, he said, but I'm going to finish this program. He just had his, 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 his head down and, and, and he did. And he got mm-hmm. into line work for about 30 days and, and he didn't make it. He didn't make it in line work, but he called us back when he got out of line work. And he said, I want you guys to know, I want you to be the first to hear that I told you that I would finish that program. And I did everything you asked me to do to be able to finish it. But I know for a fact, line work is not for me. However, if I had the opportunity in my life to come back through that program because it taught me so much about who I am, I would do it again. Wow. 
And that was a game changer for us. We knew then that the things that we thought were ideas were mm-hmm. working. And and then it was just basically consistency and pedal to the metal to be able not necessarily to recruit students, mm-hmm. but to be able to try to help them figure out who they are. That guy is currently working in an IT department in the United States Navy, and I'm so proud of him. Wow. No, man, such a and, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. When you're that age, you're so impressionable. I could just even think about my own experience going to the Navy at, you know, 17, 18 years old and just being around the guys who are 24, 25 who I looked up to. I didn't know who I was. I mean, I would pick guys who I liked some characteristics about them, you know, whether if they're confident, whether they could do as many pull ups or could run or swim, whatever it may be, right? Whatever they had that I was drawn to, that's who I try to become, you know, because you do not know who you are. And I see that even with me being an instructor. Now I see these young guys coming in and automatically they start gravitating towards certain people, right? Good and bad. And it's so important that we have good mentors for them because I mean, they're easily swayed. They don't know any better, right? Yeah, they are. And it's, it's, you know, I had a conversation and, and it seems to be the, I don't know, the, the, the vibe of society for, mm-hmm. for the next generation. And before I say what I'm going to say this, I will say, I hear older people say that, that are a little older than you and I, they'll say, Oh, I don't know about the next generation or I do. I know the next generation is freaking rock stars. I mean, yeah. rock stars. If you tell the next generation why they do what they do and how they do it, I've seen it time and time and time again in our program. If you can, if you can just help build a relationship with them, mm-hmm. they'll hand dig pole holes till the cows come home. But if they don't have a relationship and they don't know why they do what they do, they're not going to give you all they got. They're just not. Absolutely. You know, through that, we had a, I had a conversation with a guy that I had met, and uh, he wasn't in our program. He 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 come to he come to us. He had been through another line program. Mm-hmm. And he come to me and, and he and he and he gave me the what I would call the famous open to public student question for a lot of the students that go here or any other program, you know, do you go union, do you go non-union? And and I asked the guy, I said, mm-hmm. Well, what is your what is your goals, man? Tell me what your short term and long term goals are because that's what's going to help you decide where to go. And his goals were mm-hmm. to have a new pickup truck. And I told him, I said, That's okay, goal. I said, but you need to go a little bit deeper. I, I didn't have time to like re- go really in depth with this guy. It was just basically a conversation in a parking lot, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that, and I told him in that conversation, I said, pickup trucks are okay. I said, there's nothing wrong with that. I said, but I desire for your goals to be deeper than that. I desire for your goals and for you to, to, to have a mindset to be able to set your own path that a pickup truck is a part of the wake of the boat. It's not the thing that drives you, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want you to go deeper in that, in that conversation. And it was just, it was a, it, it, it felt to me like this thing in society was like, man, mm-hmm. this, this guy's thinking about a pickup truck, which is okay. Because when I was 19, I did too. I'm not throwing rocks. Yeah. But I want us, especially at the school that we run here, to truly, truly, truly get these guys to think about that because mm-hmm. there is, they need to know who they are. That pickup truck will happen. 
but if you don't know who you are, when you get the pickup truck, you're still going to be empty because all you're going to do is want another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely isn't going to fill that void that's in you. Um, one of the things I was always told as a young apprentice coming up in the trade was Davey. They used to call me Davey and they'd be like, hey, Davey, don't worry about the money. It's going to come. Worry about getting through and learning as much as you possibly can. You know, don't worry about the money. He's like, these guys are buying these trucks, all this stuff. He's like, it's, and it's true. I mean, you see new apprentices, you could always tell the apprentice at the yard because they'll show up in this $100,000 truck, you know, yeah. jacked up, big tires, you know, all the, the fixings it's on so it true, and everything. Man. And it's like, you see the linemen and they're driving a little beater, <laughs> like me, yes. you know, a little, re- yeah. a little res rocket, you know, that's what I used to call my car. And, um, yes. You know, you could always tell the apprentices and stuff. And uh, it's funny, you know, because, yeah, that 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 may be something that they wanted at that time. But as you progress through this training, as you progress in your career, your needs and wants are going to change as you change. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 it's one of the things that, you know, and it's, it's not about like this whole podcast is not about me. It's about them. It's about how mm-hmm. can how can we relay a message to help people and. You know, the biggest piece of that, the biggest piece of that, and we challenge our guys in mm-hmm. the context of what you just said, like we start these guys out when we do this character deal is is we start them out on week one with like, what are your values, man? Like, what do you mm-hmm. draw the line on? Like, that's what you need to know. What is it that you draw the line on when it comes to character, your personal character traits and who you are? Because that's going to set the standard Mm-hmm. for how you do what you just talked about how you learn every day what is your mindset when you get out of bed do you think somebody owes you something because nobody owes you anything we teach our guys from day one mm-hmm. the breath that's in your lungs is a gift from god and if you don't believe it when you lose a family member or a close friend you'll have no control over that mm-hmm. the breath that's in your lungs is a gift from god so we refer that back to you know it's, it's some scripture in romans 5 Mm-hmm. where where th- this idea of tribulation is good and Paul kind of runs down through a small list and and he says like the the result of all that tribulation and trouble is hope and hope yep. is is it's it's the fruit of the spirit man that's where it comes from like then you you, you we flip the script over to like a Jocko video mm-hmm. and basically Jocko gives a little two or three minute spiel and this idea is when something bad happens when you don't get what you want good but you know, mm-hmm. what happens in that, and the good in that is it's just how you look at life. It's mm-hmm. not that the, th- you know, a car accident was good. That's not it. But it's the mindset of being able to say, what can I learn from all this crap that I'm in? And then when you figure that out, you're like, you get to wake up and it's a breath of fresh air every mm-hmm. single day. It's a game changer. Mm. And it's also learning the why, like you said earlier, you're like, oh, you need to know, you know, who you are, right? Well, a big portion of knowing who you are is knowing the why, why you're doing stuff. You know, absolutely. And and, 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 you know, and on both sides of that, we teach that here. And, and it's like, and the why, if our guys, our students, if they know the why, you can't stop them, man. Nope. You can't, you can't. And, 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 you know, there, there's, there's, I know that I'm not, uh, privy to East coast to West coast population. And mm-hmm. I know there's exceptions to the rule, but I also know this, 
human nature has mm-hmm. a desire to want to belong. Yes. Human nature has a desire to want to belong. And if you can tell somebody, you got to hand dig this pole hole mm-hmm. or we're going to frame this pole on the ground or we're, when we finish this pole, we're going to climb this pole. And when we climb this pole, we're going to hang this arm and that wire and that insulator and that pot or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you can paint a picture for them as to why they got to do what they got to do. Nine out of 10 people that are in this business that have been in it for more than six months will give you 110%. Mm-hmm. But if you say, go dig that hole and you go back and sit in the truck and turn the air conditioner on and play on Facebook, that guy is only going to do what you do. Yep. And that's yep. what we teach our guys from the perspective of always know why you do what you do. If a guy asks you to hand dig a pole hole, say, gladly, sir, how deep and how wide. If you don't mind me asking, I hadn't been around any kind of utility locates. I hadn't been around this call before you dig idea. Can you explain to me what might be in the ground right here? Ask them from a learning perspective. 100% mm-hmm. of the linemen that care about their job will, excuse me, will take that guy under his wing and help him get where he wants him to go. Mm, absolutely. And it's in our nature, too, as linemen to be the teacher. You know, It um, is. One of the things that we had a past guest on here – Brady Hansen, um, I'm sure you're familiar with them. He does a lot of the EPZ and grounding and the written and red guy, we call him, right? Yeah. And uh, Brady came on and he talked about how one of the biggest things that alignment has going for him is our ability to build relations and connections. And it's true. I mean, you can go across the country and if you tell somebody in a bar or wherever you're at, I'm a journeyman lineman. They're going to be like, oh, right on. I know someone's a journeyman lineman or I'm a journeyman lineman. And, you know, automatically there's that camaraderie. And then you guys can start relating right away. You know what I mean? And I think that's pretty awesome that we're able to do that. At the same token, though, when we're doing that, like you said, no one really cares how much you know until they know you care. So once you start building those relationship bridges right like you're talking about and asking them questions and stuff like that that's just going to open up the door for that person to be able to to want to teach you more and just open up that door for for friendship whatever it may be you know because like you said the human person wants to connect you know we're relational yeah there's a great desire for that connection and and there's a great desire for recognition and Mm -hmm. You know, the generations previous to us, I I believe with all of my heart, they built America. They had a desire that no matter the why, they Mm -hmm. would not quit. You could not get those guys to quit. My grandparents, your grandparents, our Mm great-grandparents, it didn't matter why. They didn't have a choice. They wouldn't quit. Mm -hmm. And they made America who it is, and I'm thankful for that. But I'm also thankful that we don't have to live the way they lived from a perspective of we, we do have a choice and mm-hmm. we do have what I would say is, is a little bit more, I don't know if the right words freedom in society, but there's a lot more options. I should say that that's it. There's a lot more choices available. Mm-hmm. And in that it's like for, for, for these, for, for all the guys that, that, that are young coming into this business, if you can just give them the why, they will mm. give you the world. Mm. Just tell them why you have to do what you have to do. And that's the experience that I have. And I don't have any like factual statistical data to back mm. that up. 
but I do know that how we've been able to build relationships with students here mm-hmm. that we have, as we sit here today, we've graduated through our small program, probably, I don't even know the number. I, I hate to say that, Dave. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere around 180, maybe 200 students. And we have probably 10, maybe 15 that are not in line work any, anymore. And that's the thing I'm most proud of. Wow. How many students do you have per class? We have, uh, we usually start with about 35 per quarter. Mm-hmm. We run four groups a year in an 11 week, 432 hour program. And usually, obviously we start with 35. We usually graduate somewhere between 27 and 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go guy scared of heights, guy hurts his knee, all those kind of things. And mm-hmm. we try to, from, from day one, we try to truly introduce them and we don't try to sugarcoat any piece of it. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we, 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 and this may sound a little bit crazy, um, but we have our guys while they're here and we tell them before they ever pay us, they're, they're required while they're here to hand dig a pole hole. Mm-hmm. And it's what they're getting into. It's, it's the work, right? Yeah. It's, it, it does. And a lot of the guys, and and I mean, maybe even for you and I, right? We jumped, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was getting into. I was just looking for a job, but a lot of the guys now are, are getting in the business after the money and yep. and I don't you know we even teach our guys that's not necessarily a bad thing if you get it in the right order mm-hmm. like the right order is you got to know who you are and we always teach our guys from 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 week 1 all the way to the end it's another thing we're very repetitive on mm-hmm. if you don't absolutely love what you do you will never be good at it mm-hmm. you'll never be good at it so we want you not necessarily to wake up out of bed every morning with a desire to go be a grunt or be a groundman or go hand dig pole holes, but we want you to wake up with a desire and mm-hmm. look at the day that's ahead of you of work as another opportunity for you to learn more, to get closer to the goal of becoming a journeyman lineman. And mm-hmm. all of the other things will fall in the wake. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll come, but wake up with that desire and look at each day is a new opportunity to learn more. But just like anything else, like that Milwaukee tool or whatever you have, money can be used as a tool. And one of the things I like to stress to the guys I have that are that are fathers and stuff is that money could provide a better life, a life that you never had for your family. That's right. Okay. And that's what they need to find out. They need to figure out why are they doing this? What it's, what is it for? You know, especially down to taking risks. Okay, because a lot of guys, you know, they take risks for whatever it may be. You know what I mean? They're taking risks to, to cut corners because they're lazy, whatever, whatever it may be, right? What they need and, to and, figure yeah. out is that these inherent risks that they're taking is not just affecting them. It's going to affect their family, dude, and the people that depend on them. Absolutely. And and and, and if the sites, and we teach our guys, and, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys do as well, if the sites are on the money, Mm. You're really in the wrong business because yeah. you can make money here, but if your sites are not on uh, the trained experience you've got to be well aware of what you do each day, day in and day out, and mm-hmm. the people that you're on that crew with, if your sites are not on the well-being mm-hmm. and your brain is not of the thought process, what can I do to help my brother, be it a lineman, be it another groundman, be it a uh, some kind of working foreman or general foreman. What can I do to play my part of this? Because I have a part in this, be it a groundman, a lineman, whatever. Maybe it's a hot apprentice. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their role. And yes. if they're really good at their role and they love their role and their mindset is, how can I help my brother? 
then everybody goes home safely. That's 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 a hundred percent fact. Yeah. But if their mindset, excuse me, is not maybe they don't love their job, maybe they're chasing a dollar, maybe they do mm-hmm. love their job and they're not close enough with their brothers on a crew for them to understand they may be going through a relationship, uh, girlfriend breaks up, you know, may possible divorce, mm-hmm. maybe a tragic event loss. And if you if the crews are not tight enough to know that, then they're not going to be tight enough to pick up the slack that that guy is. And that guy's not, his head's not in the game mm-hmm. and that's not going to work. There's no good end result at the end of that. No, no, there isn't. Um, and we see a lot of that too, a lot of accidents and stuff like that because their head wasn't clipped in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think, I think all of that is, I don't think, uh, even for you, even for me, even for anybody, you could be some celebrity movie star, or it could be what mm-hmm. I would call an average Joe inline work or not inline work. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't love what you do and you're in, and, and you don't have the people around you that are close enough to you in relationship to mm-hmm. know that you've got something going on. It's not going to, it's, it's the result of that day, that week, that month is not mm-hmm. going to be good. No matter the career path, mm-hmm. because you're, you're the, the people around you are going to make you who you are, but they can mm-hmm. also break you. If they don't, if you don't have a desire to build a relationship with those guys, mm-hmm. it's not worth life and death because in this business you'll get killed. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that's a, that I don't know that all of our incidents and accidents are directly related to training. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I have the data to back me up, but I think a personal relationship in any industry goes farther than any training ever will. Mm-hmm. Because you get to say, hey, David, man, I think you're wrong. And that's when you know you're tight with somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can be a grown man and agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. No, I, no I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, a big part of that, too, is like when I was discussing with Brady is, these devices you know it used to be that you didn't have that distraction you didn't have the device so you're with these people 14 16 hours of the day and you were talking with this person even if you didn't like them you're sitting in the truck in the crummy whatever yes drinking coffee and you know you have no choice but to ask about the weather or how's your family or whatever you know what i mean even if you didn't like the guy but you were talking because it was boring right now society has become so unrelational because now they have this device. You don't even have to talk to that person. I know it's so sad, man. So one of the things that we do we, here at the school, uh, we, we, we don't allow phones mm-hmm. day one. We take, we, we, when I say we take them up, we don't take them up like they're kindergartners, but we have an area in our, in our classroom mm-hmm. where they put the phones, they put the phones and when we take a break or we take a lunch break, they can have their phone. Other than that, they're not allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. because of that because what the feedback we're getting is from employers uh, we we just ask them outright what do you need what are you looking for in a guy mm-hmm. and the conversation is we need a guy that's loyal he'll show up to work he'll be there on time he'll mm-hmm. do what he's asked to do and he'll not be distracted by a phone so that's what that's the basis in which we teach from mm-hmm. to try to help the employers out because that's the things to your point that they're combating excuse mm-hmm. me every single day it's like man they, these things are and and i say this in in this conversation in podcast but the truth of it is uh i'm guilty as charged like i can find myself in and not not when i'm really digging in on work if you will 
Mm-hmm. But I can find myself in some downtimes, just just you know, kind of leaning toward that thing, and the next thing I know, I'm ten minutes in, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't happen to me while I'm at work, but I find myself doing that when I'm at home, and my kids deserve better than that. Yep, it's sad that we're easily distracted like that. Um, a good friend of mine, he's a uh, an instructor with me, older gentleman. He uh he said that social media and the phones are just another soap opera. Just like the women used to use back in the day, the lonely housewives who watch their soap operas and stuff like that so they feel better about themselves. He's like, that's all social media is. And I looked at that and I was like, man, I could see that how that relates, you know, because it's true. (laughs) It is. It's so true, man. It's so true. And, you know, you and I have had some phone conversations and 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 I think we share a lot of the same mindset of, of just trying to help and invest in these guys and, mm. and in the business. And, you know, at the end of the day, I would say I, I, I would say not even having known you that long. But I could speak for me and probably both of us in the fact that it's not about us. We want God mm-hmm. to get all the glory for what happens in our lives. And that's 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 the overarching goal in this. And, and one mm. of the things that I've learned is, is I've gotten a little bit older. I don't feel like I'm old, but I may be, I'm 38. So I don't mm. know who considers that old. I remember when I was young, <laughs> I thought 38 was old, but I, I feel yeah. like I'm 19, but I know I'm not. Uh, one of the things that I've learned and I challenge our team here mm. at work because the people that I work with are very, very passionate. Mm-hmm. about trying to help guys and and you know we'll be working late we'll do this we'll do that and one of the things that we're trying to move in the direction of and teaching our team here that we work with on behalf of the students and our families mm-hmm. is you need to be where your feet are and I'm, yes. I'm i'm trying to lead the charge on that challenge and what i've told the team that we work with is mm-hmm. i have a desire when i get home there's going to be some days you may try to call me in the evenings and you're not going to get me because I'm going to either leave my phone in the truck or I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to be with my kids. There'll be other days where I may work late, mm-hmm. but I've challenged them with a goal. If you go to a softball game, leave your phone in the car, man. Be where, wherever your feet are, your mind needs to be solely right there and present. Mm-hmm. And that's what I desire for these you know, people in line work, be it linemen or princes, there's a tons of young linemen, tons mm-hmm. of them. And they're not really where their feet are. And, and, and man, if they're, if they were just there where their feet are and super engaged, I think it would just be a game changer for our industry. Well, there's so many distractions nowadays. I mean, it's like squirrel. You know yeah, I mean? it is. You know they're what I everywhere. mean? <laughs> but, uh, they're that- everywhere. But everywhere. That that's a part of that being intentional and committed and responsible, you know, being intentional to be where your feet are, you know, being committed to your, your job, being committed to your family. It is. And it's brother's keeper, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge piece of that. And, and, you know, I think it in, in my mind and, and maybe it's just because we teach it, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I believe that, that people, truly have to know who they are before they can find that space in their life. Because mm-hmm. you and I both know people that are in line work and they may be 50, 60, 70 years old, still mm-hmm. doing some kind of line work or managing or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And they've never taken the time to just kind of think through this thought process of who am I? Like, mm-hmm. I know I got some, some, maybe some trauma in my life, maybe, you know, 
I don't know, divorced parents. My parents, for me personally, they got divorced when I was 18. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what I call battle scars of life. And they'll never go away. And mm-hmm. and I don't know that I've dealt with them the right way, but I have come to the realization I can't change anything about those. And it helps pull out those, mm-hmm. helps reveal and peeling back that onion who I am because I wouldn't trade who I am for the world. But there's a lot of things I learned what to do and what not to do. And yeah. I, I won't I have a strong desire for everybody that I come in contact with to be able to kind of figure that thing out because there's too many people that are just kind of walking aimlessly through life. And it's like, mm. life's too short, man. And then, you know, to your point, we have, we're, we're, we're dads and like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I see so many guys in our business that, 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 that think money is the thing. There's tons of guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I could, I'm, I will not do this, but I could literally name off 20 guys that's left the East and came West. They're out there working with you guys. Mm-hmm. My brain's going, uh, I hope that's best for your family because a big house and a nice boat don't do a lot if you don't have a wife and kids to go with you. <laughs> right, right. So right. it's like, you know, that's what I desire. I desire for all those guys to maybe just slow down and mm-hmm. say, who am I? Like, who, what do I desire? Where do I desire to be in 2030 and 2035 and 2040? And am I going that direction? Mm-hmm. No, you got to definitely have a vision and you got to write that vision down. Um, One of the things that both my wife and I say, you know, because we uh, we also lead a life on the line, marriage on the line uh, broadcast for linemen, husbands and wives. Right. And we both say that your vision has to be in alignment with each other. Okay, when your vision becomes your spouse's nightmare, then it's time to reassess that vision or that dream. Absolutely. That's what happens a lot of times. We think, okay, yeah, I'm going to go get this boat. We're going to get this with this. My wife wants this, blah, blah, blah. And like my wife told me, I don't care about any of that stuff. All I want is you. Yeah. You know? I, I think that is phenomenal because we, we, when we teach these guys early on here at the school about this mm-hmm. idea, and, and of course, anybody that comes to work on our team, core values, this core value conversation, like mm-hmm. we teach these 19 year old guys, like, in the thought process and we give them a pretty long worksheet with 10 or 12 questions that they have to answer and turn in and that kind of thing. And it helps reveal a little bit to us about who they are. Mm-hmm. And when we teach them that we ask them where, where, could, where else, where could you use this at? And they're like, ah, yeah, you know, they don't know. And that's how we engage that conversation. Similar mm-hmm. to like you and your wife is like, this would be great if you took the values and the things that you stand for and you mm-hmm. thought about getting married and you ask her the same thing because if your values and her values don't line up, it's probably not wise to even marry this lady. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same conversation for us. Once you got those values lined up and you know where you draw the line on whatever it is, it could be any, I don't know, maybe a political subject or a, 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 a you know, a vehicle subject or a geographical subject. I want to live here. I don't care where I live. It, whatever mm. that thing is then you take those values and you figure out how to incorporate it into your personal life. Mm-hmm. And then you take those values and try to fit it into your career. Because if your values that you write out on a piece of paper mm-hmm. don't line up with the people that are around you or even the company that you may go work for, then that's not going to be a long lasting fruitful relationship, be it a working relationship 
mm. or a spousal relationship. Neither one of those are going to work if the values are not the same. Man, I like that William, because I think a lot of times that would help you as a man, right? In our industry or in any industry to figure out if that job is correct for you and your family. If, if that company doesn't support the family, if it doesn't support your values of spending time with your family or whatever it may be, right? Then that's time for you to start making a decision and be like, all right, is it really worth this? The money's here, there's needs, and then there's wants. I need to make a decision for what's best for my family. And that's what comes into play when you know whose you are. Yeah. That's, that's the whole goal. And that's the whole premise that mm -hmm. we teach this whole value idea from, man, because we just see, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to the conversation, you know, just the discussion a few minutes ago of this idea of all these guys leaving the East headed West. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, and I hope and pray that all of those guys are, are getting what they're after. I mean, I, and I know some of them are very sound and, and they have, they have moved their families out with them. And I'm thankful that they're doing what they love and, mm -hmm. you know, they're consuming all that, the, conversations that, that that I would like to have with them is just this values conversation because if those things are working really well then those values line up really well but if you're working at a company mm -hmm. and they say that safety and training is a priority but they don't even have a training department then that that don't really line up like that's not you know mm -hmm. if you're an apprentice or flip that conversation if they say oh we really value your family we value your family and your family time Mm -hmm. We're so understaffed that you got to work seven days a week for the next six months. Well, you, you, you don't value my family time and it's time that's going away that I cannot get back. And mm. we, we, we want our, we, I just kind of want the people that I'm around, if you will, to, to, mm -hmm. to live that way. And I'll be honest mm -hmm. since I've started teaching this and it's kind of a tough thing for me to even say, mm -hmm. Because I do not want it to become, I do, I do not want it to sound arrogant, but the tough part to say is some of my friends have changed mm. because the more I teach this, the more I figure out where that fine line of values is for myself. Yes. And I've got some friends and they don't have the same line. And I'm like, this ain't really going nowhere. I'm 38. Like I'm halfway to death. Mm -hmm. And I don't have time to waste with you, my friend. Like I, I want the people that I'm around. I, I do have a desire conscious mm -hmm. or unconscious, intentional or unintentional to be the average of my five closest friends. Then that allows me to say, mm -hmm. who do I want my five closest friends to be that can help mentor me to get me where I need to be in order that, that these students continue to get what they desire here and the staff that works on our team, get what they need. Mm, man, no, and it's so true, man. You're the product of the five that you surround yourself closest with. Um, My old man used to tell me that all the time. He'd be like, man, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And that is absolutely true. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it, man. That's the name of the game. And those friends are going to value the same things. And what we challenge our guys on, mm -hmm. if, if you think – that your friends are not valuing the same thing you are. You're, 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 you're in a, you're in a crossroads. You're either going to start valuing what they value, or you're mm -hmm. going to have to turn them loose and go your own way. And from all the perspectives of any of those conversations, even any of the ones that you and I've had since we started the podcast mm -hmm. is what we teach these guys. You get to decide that nobody decides that, but you, you make a choice every single day to do the things you do. 
granted there are some things in life that happen to us that are out of our control, mm-hmm. but well more than 50% of the things where we end up, the conversations we end up, the crews we work on, the decisions we make, be it production safety, the challenges of risk management, all of those things are choices and men get to decide that. Mm-hmm. Choose wisely. I like that you said that men, because it takes a man to make those choices. It really does. It does. You it know, does. One of the things that I really liked you saying is about this values. Another way to put it is you will know them by their fruit because companies, people, whatever, they're going to yeah, yeah, you and tell you everything you want to hear. But if that's not in alignment with what they're, if what they're saying is not in alignment with their actions, like you said, it's just lip service, man. That's all it is. You know, It and, is lip service. And looking back, I, I don't know if this is, it's kind of, it's, it's another thing that, that I have a little bit of reservation in saying, but, but I'm just going to pour my heart out from the perspective of mm-hmm. like when I worked at the investor owned utility here in the Southeast for a long time, it was, it was a 15 year working career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have to say if, if, if things, if I had to put food on the table for my family, I would go back. I'm not going to have zero desire to badmouth that company. Mm-hmm. But what I will say about that is I work with some guys who worked there mm-hmm. and they were miserable, man. Life mm-hmm. is too short for that. I, life is just too short for that. Like I, I have a desire to see people love. I mean, just fall in love with mm-hmm. what they do. And I get to talk to a lot of my buddies now and they're like, yeah, Waylon, he's doing good and he's doing this and he's doing that. And I probably work on a clock more hours now than mm-hmm. I ever have my entire life. And you're energized, it's, right? <laughs> it's, it's not work, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and I'm not working for an investor. I get to work for the four beautiful kids and my wife and these people that I get to work with. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a monetary conversation. I still don't make the money that I was making when I was in line work, but sitting behind me in my office, I have handwritten letters on the wall mm-hmm. and those handwritten letters describe to me how someone's life changed because of what we teach. That's the game changer. Mm. And what's crazy is once you start getting that, in, like like you're doing, putting that in alignment and everything, like they told me, the money's going to come, Waylon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know absolutely. what I mean? It, it, it's absolutely going to come. Because why? Because you're pu- putting out that positive vibe. You're helping people. You're restoring hope, like you said. And you're raising future men. And that's and, the goal. I tell all these guys, we, we have... There's plenty of males on planet Earth. We need mm-hmm. men, and men decide. They choose, and they choose well. And mm-hmm. and you all get to wake up every single day and do that. Nobody forces anybody to show up here at school. Nobody mm-hmm. has a gun to your head. So if you're going to pay us, and you're going to choose to wake up, and you're going to choose to be here, then what we want is 110% while you're here. And when you go home, you can take a nap. You can do whatever you want. But while you're here, you will get out of this what you put in. Give us all you got. We'll give you all we got. And we try to do that every single day. Man, and th- what more? What other family doesn't want that? Us to give them the hundred percent. Give a hundred. We give it a hundred percent at our work, at our job, That's right? right? We need right. to give our families that same same intention. How can I have our audience reach you if they have any questions or anything like that? How can they get a hold of you, brother? 
Sure. So we've got on our website, it's EliteLineman.com. If they've got questions, there's a little tab at the bottom. It's contact at EliteLineman is the email. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a tab on there that's become Elite. That's basically like a student interest form. Mm-hmm. anybody can send an email or, or go through that website to get to us. If they want to chat with me, I'll be glad to chat with them. We've got a team of people that, that love to serve and help. And what I would leave the audience with is, is glory be to God for what happens on this podcast. Mm, amen. I agree with that a hundred percent brother. And uh, same to you. God bless you guys. Keep doing the hard work and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, brother. Thank you. All right, thanks, David. Bye-bye.